Okay, Brian. So we're kind of in a unique time right now, aren't we? Yes. So you you know me. I mean, I'm like a homebody. I like staying home. I like being at home. I really like that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't really like that as much as I thought I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's uh, launch out onto the loop and explore this today, this uh, need for human contact. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So, and you just heard, we're going to launch out onto the loop and explore this, the need for human contact on Curiosity Continuum. This is Brian. And this is Josh. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends. We want to spark your curiosity and help you integrate information and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. And if you guys want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive these updates and notifications. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with you and your friends as we explore these topics together. And you can always find us on curiositycontinuum.com, and that links off to all of our social media accounts. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That's how we find new listeners like you who are interested in hearing what Josh and I are talking about and wanting to contribute your own voice to the conversation. So, you know, we wanted to start off today because, you know, we're kind of in this unique time where everything is kind of like changing. Right, Brian? I mean, everything's changing. And uh, it in unprecedented ways more than ever. Yeah. And, and like big societal changes, big personal changes, you know, work changes. Basically, every aspect of your life is changing. And personally, like I'm a homebody, I'm kind of an introverted person. And Brian knows this from growing up with me <laughs> that I, I like being at home. <laughs> Sometimes we had to drag Josh out with wild horses to uh, get him to participate in something. Not always, <laughs> but that he was definitely out of the, the core group of the dudes that would hang out. We kind of had to drag him out a little bit more than others. Yeah. And I mean, once I'm out, I'm decent, you know, like I'm like, I'm not miserable or anything. Because I'm out of my house or I'm out of my comfort zone. I actually enjoy being out. It's just the act of getting me moving and getting me out. So I thought with all these changes around that, I'm going to love this, you know, and, and I did at first. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed being at home. I enjoyed it was a lot of stress because of other things, but I enjoyed it. But then I realized I really kind of needed, I kind of longed really for the contact with people. In a in a so not even in a socially distanced way like over video chat that's great and everything, but I long to go out and just like meet people and talk to people. That, some of that I think is because we like some kind of variety as human beings. Even for us, those of us who really like our patterns, or here's my routine for the morning or whatever. Right. Out of my wife and I, I am the more extroverted one. And some of it's practiced just because like I was not the super gregarious person always, but especially like in my business life and things, I had to kind of learn to put on extroverted type of qualities and I've retained some of that. I've kind of moved myself in the spectrum more, but my wife is, is definitely more introverted. 
But I think what's happened for her, Josh, tell me your thoughts on this. She started to crave like, man, I need to be around some people. And she realized similar kinds of things. And I'm wondering if it's because your home kind of represented like your retreat, your like safe spot, your place where you can just kind of recharge your batteries. But then that became the norm where you never had that retreat anymore. Right. And I'm also brought back to this like idea that even the most comfortable prison is kind of still a prison, you know, like just because all my stuff is here and I really like it here doesn't mean I want to be here every single minute of my life, (laughs) you know, and I also come to the realization that obviously, you know, people are social beings. Even if you say, oh, I'm an introvert, I'm not a social being, I hate people. You really don't. You might hate some of the things people do. Or, you know, you might hate the idea of a large crowd. You might have anxiety over a large crowd, which I do. I try, I suffer through anxiety every day on crowds and things like that. And I think it's also because I it's unknown factors. Like, I don't know what somebody's going to do. You know what I mean? But if I'm at home, I can control it more. Yeah. And I, with that, too, you have the situation where you probably have enough where you have to process something. Because there's nothing new to process. I Your mind is an active mind, Josh, when it's on. Right. Like chilling out in front of the TV, then it's not as on as... It's <laughs> not active at all. And I've had those conversations. <laughs> My wife's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> She's like, you got to be thinking about something. No, not no. really. <laughs> actually, men can really think about nothing and, and legitimately mean. We're actually thinking about nothing. Just like shut down for a you know, period of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but those... Those X factors also too, there's, I don't want to use the word excitement. That sounds a little bit overblown as a term, but it really does create a variety in the cadence of your life. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a needed variety. There's, there are people that are talking about, you know, will we ever shake hands again as a society? Will we ever do these things? Socially, those things will reemerge. They may shift a little bit, but there's a need for human contact. And that doesn't just mean talking to somebody else. It also means a physical contact with somebody, right? Giving right. somebody a high five or whatever that may be. Different cultures in the world obviously have different protocols already in place. Uh, in the United States, we're very much, you know, you shake somebody's hand or, you know, uh, in other cultures, like people are hugging all the time. So it's a strange thing when like you meet somebody and you want to show the courtesy that you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it kind of, it, it puts a relational distance by the fact that you have to socially distance or physically distance yourself, it almost creates this uh, this other flow that you're not familiar with. And it's not a friendly flow. It's not one that necessarily you've fully chosen yourself. I think that's where we start to feel a little bit wiggy when those things begin to happen. Yeah. And I also think too, that um, some of these things, these anxieties that people feel interesting because as children, when you were growing up, like when you met somebody new, like when you and your dad would go out with some, like, and you met somebody new, it'd be like, okay, you know, you'd always see your dad shake somebody's hand or you'd always would have that. Or at church, you would always have the interaction, you know, you'd always be shaking people's hands. Like how many hands did you shake at church? <laughs> Too <laughs> <You> many. <know? laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, my, and my father was, my father was a, a pastor for a, a man, many years. He had, and he had his own church. So, and I remember going to other people's churches because we were like in-state kind of missionaries in Minnesota where we stayed in Minnesota or just, you know, borders of Wisconsin or whatnot. But we would shake maybe 500 people's hands, 
you know, and so it felt weird not to shake people's hands. So I think that some of that social interaction is inbred in our culture, obviously, like Brian was saying, like in the United States, we shake people's hands. That's what we do. You know, I have a I have an uncle who's Lebanese Canadian and uh, he comes up to you when he meets you and he grabs you close and he gives you three kisses on the cheek. You know, yeah. Now today that would be like a big no no to do, you know. <laughs> but that's his culture, you know. So I think it's like a lot of these shifts that we're feeling and a lot of these anxieties. They're maybe kind of translating to like, oh, we were staying at home, but now we're seeing like we need that contact. So how can we change to get that contact in a safe way? When you start to look at movies or pop culture things, and it's like the lonely monk who sat on top of the mountaintop for 40 years. That person in reality would be crazy as crap because they have not talked to somebody in like 40 years. <laughs> or wouldn't know how to speak anymore. I mean, right. think about it. Yeah. Right. The social aspect of it means that we are, we can't just self-reference our own thoughts, our own actions. It's actually like a social calibration of sorts. It doesn't mean that like your specific preferences may or may not be wrong. It just has to do with the fact of like, oh, that's how other people do it. And you take that in as information. Right. You know, if somebody has a complete shut in, they're called a hermit. And you're like, oh, man, like, does that person even get out? Or it, there, there's a certain thing that happens when you see that to go like, okay, they need to get out at some point, right? Like, how are they actually interacting with people? That creates a different type of relational dynamic when somebody's not coming out a lot. Right. And I mean, and that was, I did that a lot. You know, I didn't like want to go outside. I, I went to work or school and I came home. And I just stayed home. But I also realized now that I was actually going out and doing stuff. So coming home was like that was the retreat, the recharge, like we said before. And now when I was staying here for like five, six weeks at one time, I was getting my groceries delivered. You know, I wasn't see I was seeing people through like glass and stuff like that. But it was almost like we were alone in a society. It makes you wonder. Now, neither Josh and I have ever been in like a solitary confinement situation either by you know, but by being right. in jail or prison or even in like a, a prisoner of war type of situation. And I don't want to even approach the fact that our experience staying at home or doing other things would be like that. But I think it's a, a faint shadow of something of what that starts to do to somebody. Yeah. To feel like, that isolation. Psychologically. Yeah. What, what it kind of starts to ramp on your mind. And like Brian said, we have no frame of reference to somebody who has been like a prisoner of war or whatever, but that's a whole different stress, but I kind of understand the shadow of what, like what it would be like if you ramp that up 600%, you know? <laughs> yeah. Plus now, every time you see somebody that might be torturing you or inflicting pain, you know, it's got to create a weird thing. Cause like, you're almost probably happy to see somebody else other than yourself. Right. But then, you know, there's right. the relational strain with it. So let's talk about what for, for the introverts of the world. Thank you. We love you all. <laughs> what did you do? Because obviously, like, you're you're married. You got a couple of dogs at home. But right. as you started to feel this wear on, what did you and your more introverted self find as, like, your retreat? Because, I mean, you're kind of self-contained. Your house is not 7,000 square feet. No. Yet, you know? No. Yeah. The, the addition in the back. Working on it. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> in your spare time. Yep. What, where did you find a, a like a, a recharge? Because there wasn't actually like a ton of uh, like personal activity with people outside your immediate family. What were you doing to find that introvert recharge? Honestly, like I was doing the stuff I always did. Like I was 
I found like like after a while, even like for me, I would play video games or you know watch movies. Even that got to the point where I was like, this is this is too much. You know, I can't. I need to like. <laughs> I need to do something else. So I mean, um, even reading and stuff like that. I wasn't even. But I just think it was just a combination of a bunch of things. Like when we started, like uh, Brian and I and some friends, we started video chatting like once a week. I actually looked forward to that a lot. And I know the other people did too, because at least we got to see somebody else and a little bit. And just the combinations of doing everything, I think, uh, you know, more self-care, obviously, more self, like looking in, actually a lot more thinking about where I wanted to go in life, I think. So I was kind of like thinking to myself, you know, do I really like my current job and profession? Do I really need that? Because like I lived without it for a long while, and I was like, yeah, it's not so bad. But eventually, I need money, so I got to figure out how to <laughs> get to that point where I can make, you know. So I was doing a lot of more of self reflection than I think I normally would do. Because usually, with my introverted self, like I would go out, do my job, whatever, come home, go into my my uh, game room here, and I would watch like a movie or play a video game, you know. And that keeps my mind busy in a different way. It does let me tune out. It's the escape. That I have, you know, and now podcasting with Brian is an, is kind of an escape too, and it's a great one because it's also keeping us connected socially as well. Which, totally. yeah, and it's it's a I talk to Brian every day anyway, so why don't we just record it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might be able to do a good podcast out of it. <laughs> it's exactly what we did. <laughs> I, here we are. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. I think it was a lot of. A lot of little things put together. It wasn't one thing. I found one thing to be insufficient. I did yard work. I set up some, you know, some stuff outside. But then you get bored of that after a while. And you have to, you have to keep yourself engaged. There's a fair balance, I think, that human beings strike for the familiar and for the adventure. Even for folks who are very much like, I like the same thing again and again, there's still different things that you happen like let's say I always go to the grocery store on Monday and I always buy the same food and do that well you're going to see different people you know you may have the same uh, yeah. person working at the grocery store but there is I think a human appetite for wanting some type of variety in their life because otherwise it begins to feel like you kind of lose track of time you lose track of like what day what day is and it? I think that happened to a lot of people because that happened to me I remember you hear it on the news like what day is it do we even know anymore you know, right. like, like people were getting up on Saturdays and like, like doing their work routine because they didn't realize it was Saturday, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think that's what kept me grounded and kept me sane. Cause I think, um, also people need to realize the passage of time. I don't know if that, that makes sense. It does. Like, like I do, like I, I personally, I hate the feeling that I miss out on something or I don't know what like kind of time has passed. You know what I mean? That's why, like, honestly, it's why I don't like taking naps. <laughs> and I mean, even though they're great recharges, I don't like taking naps and I don't like kind of like just zoning out like that where I don't realize that's why I don't like, you know, I don't like getting like super drunk or anything like that. Like people who do because they lose that time. I don't like to feel that like something I, that I had no control over happened. And I didn't right. know, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Why don't we put a comment in the conversation here and why don't we uh, challenge folks also to think about if you're an extrovert and you've had this extra quiet time, what are the realizations you've had about y your own need for social interaction? And then 
we're going to also with the introverts, like what is the thing that you actually realize? Boy, I really look forward to the social thing because when it wraps all back around, we are social beings as human beings and we have need for contact with one another in some way, shape or form that's meaningful to us because if we only are by ourselves, we just kind of start to drift off into those those hermits that sat on the mountaintop for 40, 40 years and exactly. have gone crazy. So what do you think, Josh? Should we put a comma here? Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.